0: Welcome to the Thoughts from the Couch Podcast. I am your host, Justine Carino, licensed mental health counselor. I am here to lean into conversations about relationships, resilience, and recovery from life's challenges in order to support you on your journey to finding clarity and what you want for your future. We will talk about the things that no one else really wants to talk about in order to help you heal from past wounds and create a life that truly fulfills you. Please note, This podcast is not a substitute for seeking help from a licensed mental health professional. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Thoughts from the Couch podcast. My guest today is Alina Pedraza, the CEO and founder of Fused Fitness in Jefferson Valley, New York. I met Alina about three years ago when I moved to Northern Westchester, and I was looking for fitness classes to take, and I came across her gym. And I fell in love with her classes and the community she fostered there. And I worked out there all throughout my first pregnancy, and she and I joke that I could have gone into labor in one of her classes because my water literally broke when I woke up from a nap and I was getting changed to go to her bar class. So that would have been quite a scene um, if my water broke in your class, Alina.
1: Yeah, that would have been uh, one for the books for sure. It would have been (laughs) a milestone in my journey as an entrepreneur, so You could have helped me. You could have helped me give birth right in the gym there. (laughs) Imagine, a fitness instructor, entrepreneur, and midwife. Or (laughs)
0: exactly, you got promoted. Too bad it doesn't happen that fast though. Like I was literally in labor for like 29 hours, so I would have made it there on time. There you go. (laughs) Yep. So Alina and I are also alumni of the University at Albany. We did not graduate together, though. I'm an old lady compared to Alina. But I was on the dance team and Alina was on the cheer team. So we both have that good old SUNY Albany blood in us. So I think this is also reflective of the fact that we share a common ground of how important moving our bodies is and how performing has been a big part of our lives. So Alina, thank you so much for giving us your time today. Can you tell our audience a little bit about yourself, your career, and Fuse Fitness?
1: Yeah, well, thank you for having me, Justine. I'm glad that we can do this, um, you know, after we... Did a amateur recording for our podcast. Um, I'm glad yep. that we get together and do this again because there's always so much insightful goodness when I get to talk to you. Thank you. Yeah, I love it. It's always I feel like you know when you can walk away from a conversation feeling like you learned something or you have something to think about. Those are always the good combos to have. Um, I feel the same way about you. Thanks, Justine. Um, so yeah, a little bit about me. Um, I started fused fitness the brand well I started four and a half years ago under a different name it was cycle six at the time I started actually being in business with my ex-boyfriend he was not my ex mm-hmm. at the time but he's my ex now
0: um, and <laughs> I'm sure that went smoothly yeah
1: of course doesn't it always <laughs> you know, breakups alone and then like when you throw in it's it's like you know having a child or something anyway yeah um, So (laughs) we've had a lot of transformation since we started out our brand. We did start offering just classes. We started doing more small group personal training as time went on and more of a membership basis in our gym. Uh, We found that having that membership element is just more of a commitment, which is one of our values in helping people make changes. So that was one of the transformations that we've experienced. We rebranded and we are now in the process of rebranding and transitioning again in the midst of the COVID 19 pandemic. So we have decided yeah. to go from a large brick and mortar space to a much smaller space in Peak Skill, actually, where we're just gonna be doing small group training and virtual online programming.
0: Wow. So it's really transformed over the years.
1: Really transformed, what has not transformed, um, and what stayed really consistent has been the like the level of reward that you get. And I know that you experienced too this too when you work with people, but helping people and that has right. stayed the same. And that's what's allowed me to stay focused on the vision of what fuse fitness really is and why it's so important to me to continue to bring this service to people because of how rewarding it truly can be.
0: Yeah. So like the core values of your brand has always been there and has guided your decisions. That's awesome. Yeah, 100%. And you've adapted and like due to the pandemic, like gyms needed to close, you know, and you you adapted to that scenario. You're so flexible, which is really, really amazing.
1: Yeah, it's been – um, and, and I'm lucky. I'm, it's been a blessing because the community that's been created at Fused Fitness has been so supportive. So it wasn't done in a way that destroyed the community. I think if anything, it's brought us closer because we – that's what we have instead of having a, a physical space. And I always talk about attachment. I think one of the biggest lessons for me as an entrepreneur to date is – besides don't go into business with your ex-boyfriend um, – is being – decisive in decision-making and also learning that ourselves are who we are and what we do are not one in the same and not attaching ourselves and our identity to who we are, what we do, or a physical location in this case.
0: Yes. Yes. It's so reflective of what we attach to and what those attachments mean to us mm-hmm. and being able to detach ne- when necessary, really. Yeah. Yeah, no, thank you. So, today's topic is about fitness as empowerment. And I actually had one of Alina's coaches, Sarah Ganyan, on the podcast in session number 10 to talk about how physical fitness helped improve her mental health. So, we're going to take that conversation and expand it to how fitness can really empower us. So, Alina, I figured that we can first start by having you share your journey with fitness and Tell us a little bit about how you first found yourself in a relationship with fitness and how this became your career.
1: That's a great question. So, um, well, we both went to Albany, like you shared with your listeners. And when I was in Albany, I actually was, like you mentioned, on the cheerleading team. And as a part of the cheer team and the dance team, we had to do conditioning workouts. We had to go to weight room. And so even before that, back in high school when I did cheerleading, I think that's when I really started getting active and then further in college, because we had the opportunity to go to Nationals uh, at Daytona, in Daytona Beach, which was yep. the bomb.
0: Um, and those were the best, by the way. Like, nothing compares to Nationals in Daytona. Nothing. Banshell Beach and booze. It was, yes. really <laughs> <laughs> it was the best time I want to be 20 years old again. Yes, yeah, same. Not a care in the world besides <laughs> what
1: you did at competition. Um yeah, it was good though, good times, but my my junior year actually at Nationals, I tore my ACL and Ooh. it was yeah, it was really painful and I competed on a torn ACL which was like insane. Oh my god. Yeah, it was tough and mentally challenging wow. as much as it was physically. And after that, my senior year, I was I just went under surgery right before I went back for my senior year. I put on about 30 pounds in one year alone from eating and drinking and not being as active. And I was drinking – I was in a very unhealthy relationship with alcohol, actually. I would binge drink three to four nights a week. Um, It was really Mm -hmm. bad. My roommates had to sit me down at one point and be like, listen up, girl. We see you out all the time and you don't even remember. Like, this is not okay. So – Right. I right. really in, but I didn't lose weight until after I came home from college and I went through the whole summer. And I remember we had a pig roast at my parents' house and I saw this picture of myself from the pig roast and I was like, who is that girl? That is not... Me. Wow. Yeah. And that, it was like that moment where I was like, that's not who I am and that's not who I want to be. Um, I was starting a job. This was around August after I graduated 2013 and I started a job in September. So I used it as my opportunity to get in shape, to use my work schedule as a schedule for eating, um, improving my nutrition and working out. So from that moment, when I started working out, um, you know, I actually had a a colleague at my first job out of college who had done a physique show and she was like a mentor to me in the fitness world. So after that, I was doing, you know, a lot of group exercise classes and strength training. And then I started doing CrossFit for a little while, which is where I met my ex. And then we decided to open up a gym together. So that's kind of my journey in a nutshell.
0: Yeah. What a story. And it also sounds like during that senior year, like you were – doing things you had habits that you weren't even in tune with being harmful for you like you were just you weren't intentional you were drinking you're eating things got thrown off from surgery and it took you a little while to kind of sit back and look and be like i need to make a change like i can't keep going this way
1: yeah a hundred percent i think my roommates the fact that my room my college roommates nonetheless had to sit me down and be like you're you're out of control right now was an eye-opener in that instant. And then also coming home from school, I think it's really important. And it goes back to this topic of like, to be empowered, you have to have something that is your, your motivator, you know, what's going to motivate you if you're not being motivated at whether it's that conversation that someone's putting you in your place or something that you can fall back on. It's, it makes that the empowerment, not that it can't happen, but it's like almost sweeter, you
0: know? Yeah. No, that's a great point. So I'm curious, how do you personally view fitness as empowerment? What's kind of like your philosophy on it? So my thing, I mean, first of all, I happen to
1: now relate everything in my life to fitness, especially entrepreneurship, because to Mm -hmm. me, fitness is like – you fitness is a physical manifestation of these principles that we're literally applying in our day-to-day life. Consistency, repetition, um, strength, You know, challenges. So when you think about fitness in that way, I truly believe it's empowering in one sense. But when you start to prove to yourself what your body and what your mind are capable of, that's empowering. I can't tell you from my own personal journey, but how many people I've seen come to the gym and end up getting divorced, leaving toxic relationships, getting promotions because they're building confidence and they're more empowered. When you decide that you're gonna show up for yourself in in the best way possible, which is for physical, which also turns into mental health, um, yeah. you're just so empowered because you're like, if I'm I can do this for myself, I can do this for myself. I am doing it for myself. And because it feels so good, You're going to continue to do it for yourself.
0: That's incredible that you've seen people change their lives and make big, you know, choices after they've started to build this confidence. And what an amazing analogy, like the way you are putting fitness as a consistent part of your life and your schedule we do that with other areas of our life too. And becoming more in touch with this physical fitness can lead to better decisions for ourselves. That's totally. amazing.
1: Yeah. And like I said, like I love, I love using fitness as an analogy because once you're able to do it in the fitness realm, you're able to really do it everywhere. When you're like, well, I can schedule 20 to 30 minutes for myself – and you can do that you know especially for you as like a, a female entrepreneur and a mom when you can remember to do that or make it a priority you start to show up in other areas of your life because it's important for you
0: yeah great point so do you think this is something you teach your clients like can this be learned do they develop it on their own is it a part of their conversations with them that's a really good question, Justine, because it's honestly something really tricky to teach.
1: Um, and the reason why it's so tricky is because we're in the age of like instant data and knowledge and information. So people want things instantly. They want results instantly. They want Progress instantly. They want the skill to move instantly. I do it too. I do a workout and I do a little extra core work and I lift on my shirt and I'm like, are my abs there?
0: You know, like
1: everyone <laughs> totally. is so guilty of
0: that. Um, so it is. Really- or I eat like a vegetable and I'm like, wow, I must look so good from eating that piece of broccoli.
1: <laughs> totally. Exactly. But like also the reverse too. Like if you enjoy a piece of bread, you're like, oh my God, I gained five pounds. And the the truth so true. like, you know, you're fine. Um, it's just yes. like obviously those patterns like overindulging. But um, yeah, so it is something that you that you know, I, I do teach my clients and that can be learned. However, it's done in like a very like stealthy way almost. And I don't I mean that sounds like mm-hmm. has a negative connotation, but the reality is like you have to get people on board with it taking time. I know when you interviewed Sarah, this is something that we talk about all the time, like slow progress isn't sexy. People want instant results. So yes. you have to teach them that this is the long game and that this is going to be better than the you know, $100 fat burner pill that they see on an infomercial because you're literally shifting the narrative around food and exercise and that takes time. And that takes practice. It takes consistency. It's ups and downs. So it's important to to remind people of that, but it is challenging to teach, but it can be taught and it can be learned.
0: It's so true. And I feel like the same goes with therapy in terms of like time, slow progress, consistent change. You know, some people expect to come to therapy, they have a few sessions and they're like, why aren't I feeling better? And I'm like, well, we have to kind of repair 30 years of right. emotional abuse from your father. Like it took 30 years to get here. It's not going to take two months to get out of here. Like it's going to take time to unpack and make changes that make you feel better. So we all want that quick fix in so many areas of our life. And we actually just have to stay consistent with the work we do. It's so
1: funny you say that. Cause I literally have that conversation with so many people. We would do a 30 day jumpstart as a promotional a promotional thing to get people in and get people on our program and to start feeling better and you know hopefully seeing some results and here the reality is like people would be like I'm finally doing something for myself because it's you're at the point where you're at a breaking point you're finally doing something for yourself and you're not getting where you think you should be because you're more committed than you've ever been before and I have to have that same exact conversation the these are years and years of poor eating habits of a negative relationship with food and or a disempowering relationship with food. And it's not going to take one month to get you to a place where you're where you want to be. It's going to take time to get there.
0: It's so true. And like even when like I'm pregnant now, um, but in my first pregnancy, I remember like after I had my son, I was like, okay, I got to get back into my old clothes soon. And like, if I, they didn't fit, I was like hard on myself. I'm like, wait a minute, it took literally 10 months to like get to where I am now to like produce a child. Like, right. I'm not gonna dip up my jeans next week. Like, yeah. it's gonna take time. And my body's different. So yeah. everything takes time, but we want it to be quick. So we feel a certain way as a result. We're so impatient. Well, it goes back to that attachment thing I mentioned
1: earlier. When you, when you, release the attachment of like what your body should look like. And you start to focus on like, okay, I'm drinking more water. This is good for me. It makes me feel better. And I'm eating more vegetables. It's good for me. It makes me feel better. Instead of being like, this is the body I want. And I'm not going to be happy until I get there. You start to realize that it's the smaller steps and the the creating a healthy relationship that's going to be long lasting versus dropping 10 pounds on a fad diet. That's better. And you really have yep. that attachment of this this outcome will make me happy. And I'm sure you probably experience that a lot in therapy with your with your patients, that whole concept of like, you know, if this then that and exactly that and just being either being present in the journey and the process or just learning how to be proud of the small steps you know I'm sure the same thing like you work with somebody and maybe after a year they're able to look back and see how much their life improved but it doesn't happen in 30 days
0: you're so right and also I feel like all right if you have the goal of looking a certain way because you think it'll bring you a certain feeling so let's say you get there and you made it okay then what like what's what's next like that just that moment lasts temporarily you know yeah. what i mean so totally. it's like this happiness really comes from the inside and i love how you have this philosophy of like fitness is really more about that empowerment it's not about how you look at the yeah. end of the day
1: yeah and um you know that kind of just struck a chord in me too the if you it's more about chasing the feeling than the actual thing you said like if you have mm-hmm. this feeling of what this weight will be like for you. It's well, what can I, what am I doing right now that's going to give me that feeling today instead of waiting until I reach that goal. And then what? You know, I can experience that right now if I allow myself to.
0: So true. Yeah. So you've seen some clients adapt to this philosophy. You you've mentioned people like starting to work out consistently and they feel empowered and that maybe they make big changes in their lives, like a divorce. Have you seen clients adapt to this in any other way on their own terms? So yeah, I mean, I do,
1: I see it all the time, honestly, on like a weekly basis, which makes what I, you know, I love what I do. And a lot of it shows in like, it it starts with like progress pictures and Mm -hmm. how people feel energy wise. And then, and then they start to, because while they're doing this, we have the constant conversation like Sarah and myself of, so how are you feeling, you know, instead of what not what, just what physical results, like how are you feeling? How are your energy levels? How does it feel when you show up for yourself? And then people start to – when you kind of – when you keep giving somebody the same response, they start to adapt the response because they expect it from you. So they answer your question before you even ask it. So like, for instance, somebody who – Is coming into us and they want to lose X amount of pounds. The conversation I always have is, well, we can get you there in a month, but you're gonna, in a month after that, you might be right back where you are. Wouldn't you rather, you know, go slow, take your time, learn how to change your story around food and exercise and develop a better relationship? Everyone always says yes. And in that, in that long journey, because it's never short. They experience moments and times where they might overindulge or they, you know, aren't getting to the gym as much because it's life, let's be honest. So they'll start beating themselves up. And it's always the conversation of how can we switch this thought? How can we switch your focus to be more great? Like you said this in our podcast together to our last podcast, but like giving yourself that grace and you know, shifting the dialogue that's happening in your head versus just beating yourself up. Because that's huge. And that's how I've seen our clients adapt to this philosophy more, being graceful with themselves, being compassionate with themselves. That little bit of tough love where it's like, what's the boundary? What's the border between, you know, all or nothing? Did I try? Yes. Could I do better? Yeah, maybe. So I'm just going to do better and not be mad at myself for trying, but maybe not trying as hard as I could have.
0: Exactly. And you're right, our thoughts, like the dialogue we have in our head, our self talk all day, like we engage in a lot of irrational, unhealthy thinking patterns. And I feel like when it comes to fitness, there's a lot of all or nothing point of view, you know, like, either I work out all the time, hardcore, or I don't at all, like, and people have to find their happy medium as part of like, not just their physical routine, but, like, their mental health routine of, like, how often do you need to move your body to feel grounded and feel good about yourself? Yeah. So I see a lot of people, like, if they don't reach a goal, they give up. Or if they slip or, like, go awry, um, they get hard on themselves and they give up. And then they, like, feel like they blew it and there's guilt and then there's this whole unhealthy cycle. Yeah, but it's just a downward spiral. It's a vicious cycle. Totally. Yeah. And, you know, one thing I always loved about coming to your gym was the motivational quotes you always had posted on the wall and like the pop-up workshops you would host involving other areas of wellness. And it was just such an awesome way to demonstrate how our mind and body is really connected. I I love, I think that's unique that you're always incorporating the mind-body connection. You don't see a lot of people do that in the fitness industry.
1: Yeah, it's um, it's important, I think, for us to remember because – I, like again, Sarah and I always talk about how toxic the diet industry is, and I think it's so terrible how a lot of what we see either on Instagram, um, magazines, TV, TV shows is it's so one-sided. Like, first of all, like I'm 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 Latina. Like I've always had a big butt and thick thighs. Mm-hmm. I don't mm-hmm. look like that by nature. I remember trying to fit into like Hollister jeans when I was in middle school, and my butt crack was always hanging out. <laughs> like true story. And I'm like, what the hell? Like, why don't these fit me? Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, and that's just the reality of like, you know, I always felt like, like I was there was something wrong with that, and um, oh, right. and that's what it like. That's what the fitness industry is like. They prey on people feeling like. Like, poo, they prey on people feeling bad about themselves when you're in an emotional state. And then that triggers you. And then you buy one of their products that don't end up working. And then you think that nothing ends up working for you.
0: So I think it's. And you blame yourself. You're like, oh, something must be wrong with me. This worked for everybody else. Why not me? That is the worst thing. The comparison element in fitness
1: is Instagram plays into that so hard. You scroll on Instagram. Um, actually, I'm not going to even lie to you. I was going to post about this today myself. I, I took a video of myself working out the, earlier this week and I replayed it and I was like, holy shit, I look, excuse me, you can edit that. <laughs> um, I took a video of myself working out earlier this week and I looked at it and I was like, oh my God, I look huge in this video and mm. it was not a good feeling for me because i was looking at other people on instagram who look ripped in their videos and are super lean and shredded and and then of course i that night i made protein cookies and ate like half the batch so i'm like well now i'm the problem so i you know i experience that too still like i go down that vicious cycle myself but my point is is that you know back to the motivational quotes and back to that whole mental and physical element The mindset around fitness is the empowering part and just as important as the physical element. When your mindset is right and your actions follow your mindset, the physical results will come always.
0: Yes, I totally, I totally believe that. And I, I try to incorporate, I really incorporate the importance of our physical health with my clients. I'm like, you it's, it's so connected. And I had a client say to me a few weeks ago, like, I'm feeling so drained. I'm feeling so exhausted. And then the next week, they're like, I feel totally different because I've been moving. Like the the more I've been like sitting back and like not doing anything, the more drained and exhausted I've felt. Mm-hmm. Now that I'm moving around, I have more energy and I my mood has improved greatly. And I'm like, it's so powerful to incorporate that into our lives consistently.
1: Yeah. And that's one of those changes too. Like I, we were talking about earlier that you, it doesn't, it that actually happens instantly. That can happen over like the course of a week, honestly. But you look back yep. on a year in a year's time and you're like, wow, that was like, you feel the difference that your body has undergone. That's so true. Your energy levels, so are mind, all of that stuff.
0: Yep. So Alina, what are some of the biggest challenges that you see with like 20 something year old clients when they try to make fitness a priority for themselves? So like definitely the competition and comparison I think would be one. What are other things that you see getting in the way for them? So definitely competition and
1: comparison, which I can 100% get into. Um, But another big thing I see is The social element. So, wanting to go out, wanting to be social, the desire to go out with friends, drinking, and drinking what it always ends up with, which is A, like alcohol consumption. I didn't gain 30 pounds my senior year for nothing. Like, those calories add up. What happens when you usually binge drink or just? drink frequently, if you're not binge drinking, you end up eating more, you end up eating not not making the best choices because your inhibitions are lowered. And so that's one of the biggest things like wanting to be social, but also wanting to be fit. But there's definitely a way to manage both. Um, I actually had in- interviewed a girl on our podcast who is in her mid 20s now. And she ended up getting one of the gastric bypass surgeries that are offered and available. And one of the things she talked about in undergoing that surgery was losing a lot of her friends because it meant her saying no to them and their desire to go out to eat.
0: Wow. That's so interesting. I could totally see that though.
1: Which is also empowering in and of itself. She said that that experience showed her how to – really be her own person. And even though it was challenging because you're losing friends left and right, she was showing up for herself and choosing to make the right decisions for her. So I would say aside from the whole comparing element, which is so common uh, in 20 something year olds, but I think that that's like a full spectrum thing. You social media has made it so easy for us to feel less than based on somebody else's, quote unquote, reality, and just the social element as well. Yeah,
0: I that's such a good point that I didn't even think of. And now that you're talking about it it makes complete sense, because I feel like college age and in your 20s, like your social life is going out on the weekends, most of the time. And when you're out on the weekends, it's food at restaurants, and it's drinking, or like dating and meeting for drinks and dinner. Yeah. And like, if you're trying to prioritize your physical health, that's definitely going to get in the way and trying to set boundaries with your friends around that could be really difficult if they don't understand it.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like, exactly. 100%. Like dating adds a whole other element to it. You start dating somebody, what are you doing most of the time? You're going out to eat or going out to get drinks. So yeah.
0: Yeah. No, that's fascinating. I bet a lot of people listening can resonate with that for sure. Yeah. So I'm curious, what kind of advice or tips do you have for someone who wants to start to really prioritize their physical health in a way that it could relate to their mental health and they don't know how to get started?
1: So I think that one of the biggest things that we stress when we work with people are the small the small steps, the small daily actions. I think that if we go back to the last question that you had, like one of the biggest challenges, one of the biggest challenges being – like the desire to be social or dating, one of the ways that that a person can slowly start to prioritize, and I said slowly because it's all about slow progress over time, um, decide what days every week you're going to go out and enjoy yourself and you're going to have a fun meal, right? Like if you're going to go out, you know, every time that somebody asks you to go out, then you're going to set yourself up for failure. But if you set a boundary with yourself and you say, I'm only going to go out Thursday and Saturday nights, Thursday with my happy hour crew after work, Saturdays with the person I'm dating or whatever, that's a way that you can, A, start to create boundaries to show up for yourself and B, limit the amount of alcohol that you're drinking. Also, one of my best tips for people is if you're really trying to prioritize health you know while you're dating or being social look at the menu before you go out before you're mm-hmm. hungry before you're sitting staring at the menu and if you're you know with your friends or you're dating somebody and they're like oh, i'm going to take like whatever and an order of fries you can eat that but how is it going to make you feel if you're starting to show up for yourself so showing up for yourself is going to make you feel More confident, more empowered, and then you know, taking the actions that allow you to show up for yourself is going to help you get there as well.
0: These are such really good tangible tips. They're like great takeaways. Yeah, awesome,
1: and they're easy. Mm -hmm. Like they they don't have to be hard. I think a lot of people think fitness has to be hard and health and, and nutrition. It doesn't have to be hard. I'm we're so against limiting yourself. It's not about restricting. It's about balance. So it's not a matter of, oh, I can't go out anymore. When you start throwing the can't word in your health and wellness routine, like I can't go out anymore. I can't eat X. I can't do this. Then you're creating a a disempowering relationship with working out, with exercise, with health. Instead of saying I can, I'm choosing to only go out on Tuesdays or Thursdays and Saturdays. I'm choosing to make a decision about what I'm going to eat before I even sit down when I know I'm famished and
0: I'm going to make a bad
1: choice. So those are all really important things to think about when you're when you're making these choices.
0: I love how you reframed the word can't to be more about choices and that goes back to like these rules we make up in our heads like that are really irrational and I talk a lot about shoulds and musts with my clients like we should be this way we should look that way I must do this I must or mustn't do that and it's like these unspoken rules we have for ourselves that are completely irrational but they come from somewhere and we think if we abide by them it's going to lead to a certain outcome and if we don't we're a failure and that's where guilt comes up and that's where the guilt comes up of like oh i shouldn't have eaten that thing or mm-hmm. i can't do this so i love that you piece that apart for everybody
1: yeah it's super it's it that goes just goes back and circles around to empowering versus disempowering it's very limiting when you say i should or i shouldn't or, i must or i mustn't it's it makes you it puts you in a box and then you really have nowhere to go from there
0: exactly and like at the end of the day, who really makes all these rules? You and in who, your own like, head. Who knows your rules? Yeah, like you don't know my rules. So yeah, am like creating like
1: a little box prison of my rules for myself. That you don't. It's not like a universal rule. It's like I'm making this up
0: in my own head. Yeah, yeah. it's so true. It's so true. So this has been so awesome. I'm so thankful for you coming on here and talking about this. I I just, I have to like have these conversations because I feel like I talk about it so much with clients about improving their mental health. Like there's a whole wellness aspect and physical movements a part of it. So thank you. Um, What kind of services are you currently offering for people today?
1: So right now, what we're doing is shifting our focus again from a large brick and mortar space where we are doing more group exercise classes. We're going to a more to an online space to accommodate what the pandemic has kind of caused the shift in, you know, really just not just fitness, but in most industries. So mm-hmm. we are doing virtual classes where you can take a class via a screen, um, but we're also doing online one-on-one coaching, which is great for accountability. So yeah excuse me, if you are the type of person who knows what to do or feels like you have all the information in the world or there's just information coming from every angle and you don't know how to apply it to yourself or you apply it, but you're not getting those results that you want, one-on-one coaching is probably one of the best ways to go because we work with you to create a plan that's going to fit you and your lifestyle. It's not cookie cutter. It's not a downloadable PDF where you those are great if you're accountable to yourself and you can follow that. So that's one of the things that we're doing as well. And then we are doing our smaller personal training program, which has been super effective for the people that have been doing it at our location
0: in peak Skill. Awesome. Those all sound like incredibly useful for people right now. Yeah. So how can people find you?
1: So you can find us or your listeners can find uh, you can find our gym, Fuse Fitness, our brand, on Instagram. It's at Fused Fit. And then my personal Instagram is Alina underscore Machina. So both of them have pretty good content on what you can do to stay active, usually like quick workouts, quick and effective. We know that people these days either a don't have a lot of time or if they do our attention span is not all there mm. like it used to be. So our workouts are really quick, usually half an hour or less and there's always tons of content that we have on our Instagram that is super helpful. So in terms of mindset, you know, hydration, nutrition and working out.
0: Awesome. And I will definitely include your um, Instagram handles and your website in the show notes that will be linked to my website under my podcast tab. So thank you so much, Alina. I hope you enjoy the rest of this day. Thanks, Justine. Thanks again for having me. I hope you enjoyed listening to the information shared during this episode. Please consider subscribing so you can stay updated when new episodes are released. And don't forget to check out the podcast show notes to find any resources that were mentioned in today's conversation. Thank you for listening and enjoy all the moments your day has to offer you.